Right to be Read podcast, episode number 54, interview with Tim Castleman. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hi, everyone. This is me again, Ani Alexander, and you're listening to the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. We're already in the last few weeks of this year, and a new one will be coming soon. So have you set goals for 2015 already? Uh, has the Christmas mood got into you already or not? Well, for Armenians, Christmas is on January 6th, so we still have some extra time for that. But before the holiday season kicks in, I continue presenting you with interviews. The one I have today is full of information, and since it was very useful and important, I included its transcript on my website at www.annealexander.com/54, and you are more than welcome to check it out. So let's start. Okay, so today I will be talking to the author Tim Castleman. He did quite amazing thing. He wrote two 8K plus words books in under eight hours. So both of the books became Amazon bestsellers and that ended up generating him over $3,000 in royalties in just two months from the launch and hundreds of glowing reviews. So, of course, after finding out this, I had to have him in our show and find out what's happening and how did it happen, actually. So welcome to the show, Tim. Uh, I'm really happy that you're here and thanks for accepting my invitation. Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, for finding me on Twitter and uh, setting this up so rapidly. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm usually moving too fast and I'm usually very annoyed that the whole world is very slow. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my usual path uh, um, and usual speech. Uh, but I'm I'm very happy that you were in line with that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and uh, answer any questions and share anything I can uh, with your listeners. Okay, well, then maybe we can start from the beginning. How did you end up uh, with uh, the uh, self-publishing and Amazon and writing books? Uh, was it something you were doing all the time or, you know, how did you end up getting there? Uh, well, it's it's an interesting story. So uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with me, let me give you a little bit about my background. I have been uh, doing internet marketing or online marketing since uh, late 2009, so coming up five, six years. Um, and I have done really well in what I would call offline marketing, which is help helping local businesses set up websites, you know, send emails out, doing basic stuff. And uh, I decided in my brilliance uh, to take on a partner. Uh, about my second or third year in business. I was getting a little burnt out. I wanted someone to kind of help me run the business. And I thought I had found someone and we worked together for about a year and we quickly realized that we just weren't good partners together where we were good people, um, but we just weren't good partners. Mm -hmm. So we both decided, um, Hey, you know what? Let's just go our different directions. I kind of, in a way fired him and said, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And that left me in a big lurch because I had abandoned offline marketing uh, and I was in search of something else, and I was really, really depressed, probably one of the lowest times uh, of my life. I mean, there was a time where I was within 30 minutes of just 
quitting and saying, hey, I'm done and you know, I'll just go get a, a nine-to-five job like I had previously. And a friend of mine, um, several months later, contacted me. He said, Tim, I'm doing this weird thing on Amazon you may like. I'm, I'm actually publishing books. And he said, I'm, I'm actually publishing picture books. Um, and the whole formula there was – He'd do a book on monkeys. He'd find 10 to 12 photos on monkeys. And it was a really cool thing to do. Um, it was really simple to understand. And he kind of broke it down step by step for me. Um, and I started doing that. And I got okay results. Um, and then one day I said, well, you know what? I want to do a nonfiction book. I want to kind of share something that I already know that I feel that my readers and listeners would get a lot of out of. Um, so I, I hired someone to basically ghostwrite the story for me originally. That was my plan. Mm -hmm. But when I got the rough draft back from the ghostwriter, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't my voice. It wasn't written how I wanted to. It didn't sound anything like me. It sounded like a, a very generic or vanilla textbook. And I said, I can't, you know, I can't release this under my name to my people. So I actually was forced to write the book myself um, within 48 hours because I had a deadline um, to my editor that I had promised, hey, this this is, this is when I'm going to get it done. Um, and these were people that were paying to see the product, so I could not be late. So I actually wrote the first book, which is uh, still an Amazon bestseller as of today, called The Creativity Checklist. I wrote that book. It was a little over 8,000 words in uh, in four hours. Wow. <laughs> and I got it published within a week, uh, and it was an Amazon bestseller like day two that it came out, and it's been an Amazon bestseller every day since that. We're going on like 90-plus days. It, it won't last forever, um, but currently I'm proud to say that it's still an Amazon uh, bestselling book. But I really got into publishing um, as something else to do. I know a lot of, uh, you know, we talked before, a lot of your readers are, uh, listeners are people who have full-time jobs and are looking for something to kind of do on the side to bring in some more money or make the great escape as I did. Um, and that's really what Amazon was for me. It was a cool little fun side project that I try out, but then I started getting some pretty amazing results. And the more results I got, the more time I spent with it. Oh, so oh, did you expect this kind of really amazing results in the very beginning or it was a surprise for you? It was, a, it was a big surprise. I had always been told by several other authors, um, you know, hey, you know, publish early, publish often, keep publishing, keep creating, and eventually success will find you. I had no idea um, that our book would become a bestseller and continue to sell to this day. So as much as I would like to say, oh, yes, it was totally worth it, and yes, it was amazing and awesome and wonderful, and I expected it, it really was a surprise. Okay. And uh, once you finished writing the book and it was ready, uh, did you do anything with the marketing of this book or, you know, how did you generate the, the startup sales? So after I got it done and edited and everything like that, I mentioned to you guys I'm an internet marketer uh, and I do have a customer list. And, uh, you know, some people will immediately be turned off and say, oh, you know, well, that's how he made all his sales. Uh, let me tell you, I've actually tracked uh, with special software my sales that come from uh, customers that are on my email list or, or clicks, as I call them, mm -hmm. um, versus social media. And in my last book, my clicks from my customers and my clicks from social media were within about two or three hundred um, 
uh, of each other, meaning that if you don't have a list, you can do what I'm about to share with you uh, via social media. The key is you need to find a group of people that you're talking to and be actively involved. So my first book is called The Creativity Checklist. That's a book uh, about a checklist that I use to create products uh, and services for my market. Um, so I was already in several Facebook groups, uh, several forums. Uh, I had already made my presence known there by being a useful and active contributor. So I didn't just show up and say, hey, everybody, here's my book, buy it. I showed up. I said, hey, let me help this person. Let me get my name known. And then when it was my turn, I just said, hey, guys, I have this book out. Uh, it's limited for three days. If you'd be so kind, please purchase it um, and enjoy the discount. And that's really all I had to do to get that initial push. Um, I really think when it comes to sales and marketing, Amazon looks at two things. Your sales, obviously, initially, but then they start looking at your reviews as well. And the best way I can describe this, Anna, is imagine you have this friend, right? And you want to introduce this friend to all your other friends. Now, if Anna takes me and goes, hey, everybody, this is Tim. Uh, it's great to meet you, you know, and, and I perform uh, well. I'm polite. You know, I make her guests laugh. I make them feel comfortable. She's going to want to introduce me to more people. People. But if I show up and I'm drunk and I'm belligerent and I'm insulting and I'm rude and her friends don't enjoy the experience with me, chances are she's not going to recommend me or show me uh, off to her more, more of her friends. Amazon's the same way. If Amazon sees that you're making a lot of sales and people are leaving positive reviews, then they will um, show your book to other people because Amazon does a majority of the marketing for me now. They email out their customer list. They tell people, about my book. And all I have to do is provide that initial burst of sales and reviews. And then Amazon takes over from there. Okay, I see. And what about do you have any um, perception of how much how many books were this initial push that you had to make in the very beginning? Uh, I would say if you can, you know, it's it's always going to depend on your niche and your your genre and your industry. But I would say if you can do probably twenty plus sales initially, you're going to at least get that initial momentum. Because what happens is you get those sales. Amazon puts you in a ranking category. So let's say it's you know you're the fifth most popular book um, on writing. Let's just say that mm -hmm. for this example. They'll also put you on like a hot new release list. So people that are looking for hot new release or people that are looking at that and they see your book and they go, okay, this is a new book. It's 99 cents and it's got a few positive reviews. So Amazon puts it out in front of the customers. They start buying it and it basically just becomes this big snowball. Okay, I see. And you said that in the very beginning, you uh, had the book on a discounted price. Was it 99 cents? It was 99 cents. Here's how I do all my book launches. Um, I do 99 cents at the very beginning for three days. I tell everybody, hey, this is three days. And then after 99 cents for three days, I bump it up to 299 US. 299. Okay. And right. this is the price you think is the most uh, kind of popular one? Uh, well, I, I think. 
I think that's what the 99 cents is meant to do one thing and one thing only, actually two things, get sales and get reviews at the cheapest price possible. Cause if they're not going to spend a dollar, they're certainly not going to spend $3 with you. Um, and so that's, that's issue number one. And then two ninety nine, that gets me, I think it's a, like $2 even, um, per sale. And I'm okay with that. Now I could bump it up, but here's the thing I want to be clear about my books. They're short books. They're 8,000 word books. So they're typically, about 40 to 45 pages on Amazon. So I feel for the length that I write um, that $2.99 is appropriate. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable charging $10. Um, and, you know, I, I may go $3.99 or $4.99, um, but right now $2.99 is what I'm definitely looking, uh, looking at and having the most success with. Okay. And I've seen, uh, I just went through the pages for these two uh, books on Amazon, and I see that you have plenty of reviews. So were right. they organic reviews, or you kind of um, did something to get this big amount of reviews? Yeah, I, I did something, and then they started to come uh, organically. So here's what I did. I basically said to my list and, and to my social media contacts, hey, if you buy this book, do me a favor and leave a review. Leave a review, whatever it is that you want. Just leave a review for me. And if you would leave a review and then send me a copy of that review to my email address, and I give them my email address, uh, then I'll send you uh, either another book or a bonus video or something along that, those lines. The key there is... You obviously can't tell them it's got to be a five-star review. So if they leave a one-star review and they tell you about it, you got to give them the same thing you would the five-star person. Mm -hmm. But the whole goal is to get those reviews initially uh, up there. So I would say I would say two-thirds of my reviews came from the initial push. What is amazing to see is those books continue to get reviews that are what I would call organic reviews, which is just you see the book, you read it, and you enjoy it so much that you just decide that you want to you know leave a review of it okay i see so i'm looking right now our creativity checklist book as of this recording has 168 reviews and the 2kh formula has 157 which is amazing it's quite a lot because people usually are quite lazy even when they decide to write a review they usually you know either don't have enough time or you know something comes along and uh, I, I also have this feeling that they need some kind of motivation <laughs> to actually write and submit the review Absolutely. And that's why I, uh, I give them what I like to call an ethical bribe. Um, so basically it's, Hey, if you'll do me a solid and leave a review and help me out here, then I will do something nice for you. Um, whether it's an additional video, whether it's an additional book, a workbook, something, something that makes them feel like they need to have it as part of the book. I call it my missing link. It's, it's like maybe, maybe you like to read, but maybe you like audio books. Well, what if I had an audio recording, uh, of the book. Can I give that away for free if they leave a review? Because these reviews and sales, especially the initial ones, propel you. I mean, the only reason my book is still a bestseller to this day, I truly believe, is because, uh, well, one, the subject matter, um, but two, the fact that it has good reviews and the fact that people consistently buy it day in and day out. Okay, so can we say that if you actually launch it successfully and you have this initial push and get the momentum, later on there is much less to do? 
Right, exactly. Like I haven't done anything with either of my two books um, probably in the last 35 days as far as advertising, promotion, sales, discounts, anything like that. And I still make thousands of dollars a month off of them. Okay, yeah, I see. Well, um, the problem with Amazon is usually you don't really know who bought your book and you don't have contact to, to reach them out later on. So how do you deal with this? Do you have an opt-in form in the book or, you know, how are you trying to get some engagement or, you know, to, to get those readers to stay readers That's a great question. I have an opt-in form right at the very beginning of the book. In fact, I think it's the first or second page, um, maybe the third. Um, So they see the the cover, they see the table of contents, and then right there is I give them a a free gift for signing up. Um, The key is you have to – to be successful, here's here's my belief when it comes to being successful on Amazon uh, from now until forever. One, you have to be a frequent publisher. So you need to be producing content on a regular basis, no late, no more um, or no fewer than once every 60 days. And I can explain why I think that is later. That's number one. Number two is you have to build a list of, of buyers of your books, whether it is with an opt-in page, a blog. There has to be a Facebook page. There has to be something for your fans to join because we are all busy. We, we all are bombarded with email, with blogs, with podcasts. I mean, there's just so much information out there. The only way you're going to get someone interested is if you basically get them on an email list and say, hey, remember me? I wrote this book. I've got another book coming out. So frequent promotion, uh, excuse me, frequent publication, um, building a list, which you can just do a simple opt-in form. That's what I do. Um, and then – uh, frequent promotion. Well, the great thing about Amazon is, depending on where you live, you have some great deals. Um, you get your fri- five free D- free KDP days. Uh, you get your Kindle Unlimited deals. You can do countdown timer deals. There's really a lot of things you can do. You can bundle your books together once you have three of them. Um, so there are a lot of things that you can do to increase your availability and ability to make more sales. Okay, I see. So you mentioned 60 days, like approximately every 60 days, you have to come up with a new book. Uh, Why 60 days? Well, here's my here's my belief, and this is untested, but this is this is based on my own experience. Amazon, you know, going back to the party example, once Anna is done introducing me to all her friends, she either has to find new friends to introduce me to, or she's got to find another me to introduce to all her friends. Mm-hmm. So Amazon and your book is the same way. It's like, hey Tim, I've done everything I can to promote you. I've shown everyone that I feel would benefit the most from your book. Um, it was, you know, but now you're kind of on your own. So you have to publish frequently so that you can constantly have Amazon showing off your work to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. And during these 60 days, let's say you, you have buyers who bought your first book and uh, there is 60 days period until your second book comes out. Uh, do you send them anything before that? Or just, you know, after two months, you kind of send an email saying, okay, I have yet another book, just, you know, check it out. 
there are a couple ways you can do that. You can send a survey to them. So let's say you're having your your sit down and and I'll just kind of go through my process. Whenever I'm thinking about writing a book, I sit down with a legal pad and I write every topic out that I think I want to cover. And let's say I get to my top three and I can't decide which one I want to write. I would send an email out to my list and say, hey guys, I'm getting ready to write my next book. Here's what I'm thinking about writing about. Which one of these appeals to you? So that kind of gets those people involved because they're like, oh, well, you know, I want Tim's book on, you know, how to write a bestseller. Uh, I, that would be amazing. Let's, let's, let's read that book. That'd be great. Um, and then the other thing I would do is I would tease my, I call it teasing my work. So once I got most of it done, I'd probably send um, an email to him saying, hey, guys, good news. The book is finished. Uh, you know, the rough draft of it's finished. You know, here's a photo of how many words it is and pages. And I'm getting it to the editor and, you know, look out for it on Amazon within the coming weeks. And then I would probably send an email um, the day before it goes live on Amazon and say, hey, guys, I'm getting ready to submit to Amazon. It, it normally takes about 12 hours to make it live. I'll email you tomorrow with a link to this book. I can't wait for you to get it. And then I would email them the day that it launches and say, hey, guys, as promised, here's, you know, how to write a bestseller by Tim Castleman. I've made it 99 cents for the next three days. Um, at the end of three days, it'll go up to two ninety nine. If you'd be so kind to purchase it and leave a review, you know, I'll give you XYZ free gift. Just send me a screenshot of the review. And if you do that, you're going to have tremendous success with your book launch. Uh-huh. Okay, I see. And do you get any feedback directly from readers besides the reviews? Usually I put something in there um, like a survey and, you know, you'll get about one every 10 buyers or, or readers, I should say, um, will actually finish fill out the survey for you. So I do get feedback. I do, I do read the reviews um, and try and learn from them. And if I can learn from them, then I definitely – uh, I definitely will do my best to do that. You know, I'll, if they say, hey, you know, I thought section four could have been expanded on. It's like, okay, well, maybe they have a valid point. The key with reviews is to not let them affect you, which this is very difficult for me, uh, but not let it affect you negatively if you start getting a, a bunch of reviews. You know, you and I talked a little bit before this, and you just found out about me this week um, through an email that you got uh, from a publisher. Um, and I'm honored that so many people have found out about me this week. But if I look at my reviews for one of my books this week, I've gotten more one star reviews than any other time that the book has been out. And uh -huh. that is the, that is the downside of visibility because people now see you there. They see that you're trying to better other people's lives by showing them something. So they just want to be negative and stay small in their own life by leaving negative reviews. Yeah, well, I, I remember my first one-star review, and I felt devastated. It was terrible. Uh, how are you dealing with um, with critique and bad reviews? A, a lot of drugs and alcohol. <laughs> tremendously. No, so, so let me tell you how I used to do it, uh, and then I will tell you how I do it now. I used to do exactly like you. I used to think that they were assaulting my firstborn child, and how dare they. I spent hours and weeks working on this. Um, 
And now uh, what I do is I just ignore them, which is very difficult. And I sometimes fall down on this job because here's what happened. I used to get upset and then I would engage, right? So Anna would write and say, hey, you know what? I didn't like this book because X, Y, Z. And I would be like, hey, Anna, listen, here's all the reasons why I think you're wrong. And here's what you're not seeing. You know, it's like this creativity checklist book. People are saying, well, I didn't get anything out of this creativity checklist. And it's like, well, that's weird to me because every time I use this creativity checklist, it makes me like $10,000. So it's obviously very valuable. But what I would try and do is basically go and change Anna's point of view. Or, you know, if Anna would attack me, then I would attack back. People, when you do that, you have to understand no matter what you say, no matter how valid you feel like uh, you are in, in your discussion, you still come off as the jerk because you're supposed to be this big bad writer and you're supposed to be the bigger person. Mm-hmm. So if you if you respond in the comment section, anything like that, it, it just negatively comes off uh, or you come off looking bad. So what I do now is I try to read the review and I try to learn from it. So, you know, if they say like, hey, Tim Castleman uh, is a scumbag artist. Well, I mean, here's a here's a real life example. The, the highest rated negative review for for the creativity checklist is a guy who says my book is a scam because I put out a product about outsourcing Kindle books a year and a half ago. So mm-hmm. he's mad at my book, not because of my of the book itself, but because I put a product out on outsourcing. So in that, I just ignore it because I can't learn anything from that. He's not saying, "Hey Tim, I you know I really would think question three you could have you know gone deeper, um, you know you could have explained it better." So. If they say stuff like that, then I then I say, hey, you know what, Anna, you're so right. Next time I work on this, I will try to expand on that section better for you. So that so one, you're heard. You feel like, oh, hey, the author's listening to me. And two, I'm not arguing with you. I'm saying, you know what, I'll take it under advisement. I may or may not do anything with it, but thank you for your input. So the only thing I do is I try to learn from it. If I can't, I try to ignore. And then on negative reviews, I do click the uh, click here if this review is helpful, yes or no. Mm-hmm. I do click the down. Uh, I click the no, and sometimes that helps, um, and sometimes it doesn't. Well, I think that if if many people do that uh, simultaneously, then it definitely helps. Uh, I mean, if many. No, people- I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I've had people. You know, I don't want to say people conspire against you because I don't want to get into conspiracy theory. Uh, you know, tin tin hat guy here. Uh, but I do find it funny that a negative review will pop up and immediately will have ten people liking it consistently. And to me, that tells me that there's a team of people at work that are making. Um, are making that happen. There's not just one person that goes there. It's people that are deliberately trying to um, damage your reputation or your books. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Unfortunately, that's the case. Right, and, and you know, and guys, I've reached out to Amazon and I've griped and I've griped and I've griped and I've griped about it. And the bottom line is, they don't care. I mean, as nicely as possible, they don't want to be. They don't want to create a bigger debate by restricting your ability to have free speech. So they, they are very leery to take those ones down. So you just have to deal with it. It is the one downside of the amazing upside of being able to publish online. Yeah, well, imagine there are so many books on Amazon and so many reviews for each book. If, if Amazon went and started, you know, putting down those reviews that people complained about, etc., it would be like a huge 
huge headache for them. So it's understandable why they don't really get into this and leave it to the author. Absolutely. And like I said, guys, I know it's frustrating. What you have to do is just step away from it and just click the down button. Because here's the other thing that happened because it happened with me. I actually have not written a book in probably two months. And I'll tell you why. It's a double-edged sword. First was I was all excited, right? Look at me. Look at me. I'm a best-selling author. Ooh, this is awesome. Wow. And I'd wake up every day and there'd be 150 sales and, you know, 100 and then well, 75 and then 50 and then 25. And then it's like, uh-oh, what's going on here? And the other issue is you get so wrapped up with the negative people that you let them dictate your energy and emotion, meaning that if you get – you start letting those those doubters or those haters into your head – then you're going to have a big issue because you're going to start either believing what they have to say or you're going to have to, you're going to diminish your own um, brilliance. You know, it's it's like I appreciate the negative reviews for my book on the creativity checklist and the 2KH formula, but I know they work because I personally developed both of them and I use them. And this isn't to brag or to say how awesome I am, but I know how much money I make a year, and I know how much money a lot of other people make a year, and I'm doing pretty good for myself. So just as I wouldn't take diet advice from someone that's 750 pounds, I'm, I'm certainly not going to take a ton of advice from people who have, A, never written like we have, have never published, you know, or people that don't do anything with their life um, than complain. Because that is one thing I forgot to mention. If you give me a one-star review and I click on your your, your profile and it said like all of your reviews are one star, then I do respond to you. And I would just say something like this. Hey, Anna, look, I noticed you left a one star review in my book, but I also noticed if you look at your little reader profile and I link to it, that you've left one star reviews for every book that you've read. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't even know if there's a book out there that you like. I hope that you find happiness you know, best of luck, Tim. But the reason I do that, and I only do that if they're negative on every review, is it lets people know, like, these people don't just hate my book. They hate anything with the title, with with a book in the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. So now you have two best-selling Amazon books out. Uh, yeah, they are two yes, in uh-huh. total. Correct. And uh, I presume you're writing the third one? I am actually getting ready to uh, start Monday. I'm actually going to write a book. I believe, as of right now, uh, as funny as this sounds, uh, I'm going to write a book on how to write a book, like how I wrote this these last two uh, best-selling books. I'm going to actually write uh, a book about it and kind of share my experience. And and that's the thing I want people to understand because here's here's the the way I used to think about this. Right? Okay, I have to have these amazing discoveries and these huge breakthroughs, and I have to like, you know, cure cancer and solve world hunger and eliminate, you know, all these problems in the world. And then I can write a book. And what I found was, especially for the low, low price of $3, people, what they really want is a tip or a technique or some way that they can improve or better their life. So what I like to do is create these small books that are very quick and easy to read. They take you about an hour, maybe two at the most. You can get everything you need and you can start implementing and improving upon that situation immediately. So every book has led to another book. So the creativity checklist, I created that because I had a problem in my life of not being able to explain offers appropriately. So then I write a book about it. Well, I had to write that book in 48 hours. I told you guys that earlier. Well, that 
um, made me develop the system to where I can now write about 2,000 words per hour on average. That's how I can write 8,000 words in four hours and be done with the book. Well, that became book number two. Now that I've had great success with publishing these two books, now that can become book number three. And then who knows what will happen with book number four. But don't think you have to have these amazing, crazy results. Just ask yourself, would somebody be willing to pay me $3, right? So for the cost of a large, crappy Starbucks coffee, you know, would somebody <laughs> be willing to pay me to learn how to have a better relationship, to lose some weight, to be able to meditate, you know, to be able to be organized or save time or money or energy or whatever. There's a ton. Uh, there's a ton of things out there that you already know that you discount that people would pay you very, very good money for. Well, yeah, you you mentioned exactly that. Uh, really, there are tons of books on on different subjects, and on the same subject, you have a big, big choice of uh, many, many books you can potentially buy. I mean, the the cost of per book is not very big, but you can't really try all of those. So, uh, what do you think is differentiating the good book from the others? How can the readers choose them, or how can the writer capitalize on uh, something to kind of stand apart from from the other 100 books on the subject? Absolutely. Great question. Uh, you, you have great questions and I love talking <laughs> about this stuff. So, so here's the first thing. Your, your book has to have, in my opinion, has to have a big promise or an immediate benefit to reading it. So uh, allow me to bore you with some subject titles here for my books. So the creativity checklist, that is the title of my book. The subhead of it is this, the 11-step system that instantly allows you to pull million-dollar ideas out of your head. And the second book is called The 2KH Formula, and that's how to instantly write at least 2,000 words per hour. So as you can tell, those are big benefit books. Those aren't like, you know, the sometimes successful checklist or the sometimes writing formula. It's like, hey, when you get done with this checklist, you're going to know how to pull million-dollar ideas out of your head. Hey, when you get done with this book, the 2KH formula, you're going to know how to write at least 2,000 words per hour. So there's a big benefit that the end reader wants to get. So let's say you're going to do weight loss, right? Teach me. Hey, here's how to lose 10 pounds in 10 days, you know, with, with two simple things. Maybe it's drink more water and reduce carbs or whatever it is. That's a big benefit. I want that benefit. That's why I'm buying that book. So I buy the book, I get the benefit and I put it into action. And that's what I truly believe sets yourself apart. The second thing, uh, and it's very subtle when I say it, but it's, it's immediately visible when you do it, is you have to spend money on your covers. I spend just as much money on my covers as I do my editing and, and every other step of the process. And if I had to only spend money in one area, it would be my covers over my editors, believe it or not, mm -hmm. just because I truly believe, I truly believe that your cover Uh, you know, that's why they say you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't except for when you're actually looking at a book cover. So spend the money, get, a, get an amazing cover designed for it, come up with a great hook or angle. And if you need some help with that, buy the creativity checklist. That'll kind of help you with the hook and angle. Um, but you got to come up with a hook or an angle or what I would call a reason why for people to buy your book. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. So it seems like you've come up with a system that works, like, you know, the, the launching of the book and the selling it. I, I mean, you had two books, one after the other, and both of them worked really, really well. Do you think that there is some kind of formula that people can use um, to, I mean, uh, do you believe that all the uh, next books you will be putting out will have the same success? I'm, I'm hopeful that they will, um, but I'm confident that they will as well because I have built up an audience now around those books. I mentioned that you should have a an email lead capture form. Uh, we've captured about 1,600 names off those two books. So if we can get – that's 800 uh, books a uh, name just on average. If we can continue to do that with every book that we produce, pretty soon we'll have an email list of several thousand people Yeah. That we can that we can practically force our way onto the Amazon uh bestseller list because of the sheer numbers and volume. Um I have a formula for how I write, I have a formula for how I come up with ideas, and I have a formula for my books. Um and I will continue to use those formulas and those techniques until they prove unsuccessful. Um but I feel like I have found kind of a I don't want to say a niche, but I found a system that works really well for me that allows me to come up with ideas, write them very quickly, and write them in such a way where it minimizes writer's block and it minimizes um distraction. And it increases your production and it shortens your production cycle. So you can write more, you can write faster, and you can be done sooner uh, than you probably have in the past. Okay, I see. So uh, can you kind of, I don't know, share some like the most important just two, three tips that you would advise the newbie writers to, to pay attention to? Yes, absolutely. Uh, one, come up with your hook or angle for the book before you start writing it. That's tip number one. So I knew what the creativity checklist was going to be, and I knew the hook and angle, so I was able to write according to that. Uh, number two is come up with an outline. I used to be the free-flowing guy and, you know, and okay, well, I'll just write when it comes to me. Now I find with an outline – Even in times where I'm not motivated or I don't feel like writing, I can look at the outline and it triggers and it lets me know what I need to do, when I need to do it, and what comes next. So my brain doesn't have to think. It can just be creative. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, you know, find a system or come up with a system or a process that works well and then trust that process. So my process is very, to me, is very long and complicated. I've got to sit down. I've got to think about ideas. I've got to write them all out. I've got to put them on post-it notes or three-by-five cards. Then I need to do an outline. Then I need to write a rough draft. But the, here's the thing. It's my process, and it works. So, yes, it is It is long and, and laborious for me, but anytime I want to create that result, I know what I need to do. And as long as I follow that process, then I'm going to get the result. So trust in the process Even if it's something that you think, eh, you know, and it's okay to test and tweak and improve, but don't try to reinvent the wheel every time because I'm guilty of that. It's like, well, that worked really well. Let's just throw all that away and start from scratch instead of going, man, you know what I should do is just keep following this process and improve little by little upon it. Okay, I see. Well, uh, you know, we've got 
plenty of uh, valuable information in here and I'm sure that you know if people can kind of go through it and and um, you know think it over and and follow uh, the tips and the steps you mentioned uh, they will also get some amazing results I'm sure so um, before we part uh, where can writers find you online and um, you know uh, I, I as far as I remember you're offering something for the writers right. yeah absolutely and, and guys I didn't do this interview to, to pitch on anything so if you want to find out more about me just go to Timothy T-I-M-O-T-H-Y Castleman C-A-S T-L-E-M-A-N, or you just type in Tim Castleman, uh, timothycastleman.com. And then if you want to find out more about the writing system, which we just talked about and all that, you can go to 8, the number 8, best 8 hour bestseller.com and that that's basically will give you my whole uh writing system and and how i do it from beginning to scratch uh you know from coming up with ideas to researching them to to outlining to doing my writing to doing my editing to designing the cover the promotion the whole launch cycle that covers uh everything and you guys can get that at eight hour bestseller.com Okay, yeah, for any details, I will also include the links in in the show notes. And, uh, you know, uh, just a disclaimer that I'm I'm not uh, part of any affiliate program for this. So so the listeners know, and uh, we're not doing a sales pitch here. Right, yeah, I I don't want people to think, like, that's what we're doing that for. I'm I'm an open book. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions, um, you know, and and be more than happy to help people because I know what it's like like when you just need a little bit of guidance and direction uh, from somebody uh, and just to kind of get you over the hump. The thing I would I would tell you is because I know we're wrapping this up is, you know, don't overthink it. Don't think it has to be more complicated than it is. And and done is better than perfect. The great thing about digital publishing is you can make mistakes and quickly edit them. And if you wait for everything to be perfect, chances are uh, you're never going to get it done. One, two, you're going to be stressed out, and three, you're never going to put it out in front of people. And I'd much rather have something that is ninety percent perfect that helps a bunch of people than a hundred percent right that helps nobody. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, take action because if I didn't yesterday, I wouldn't have you on my show now. So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks for coming over. It was really nice talking to you. And uh, thanks for sharing uh, what you know. Absolutely. I look forward to doing it again. Okay, thank you. Well, that was it for today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes and help me get good rankings there. On the days when I get self-jabs, when I'm thinking about giving up, and when I'm not sure that people need this show, I go back and read all the reviews and it brings totally different perspective. Well, I wish you very productive, creative, inspiring and simply nice week. Meet you again on Thursday. Cheers. <laughs>